Ryan, how are you doing this afternoon? This is a wonderful, wonderful warm afternoon here in Northern Virginia. And dear listener, if you're listening to this, this is our first episode. So we, we, we don't have like an intro kind of shtick worked out. It's just, hello, welcome to our world. Um, Ryan, what are we doing here? I, I can't even remember the, the name of what we're doing half the time. What are we up to? Uh, we're here just to talk, share, and with our listener, what our interests are. Uh, a little bit about some vintage computers have kind of really brought us together. And I think is the history of, hey, went, you know, well, I mean, maybe we should do a podcast. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should do something with this because... We, Ryan and I have known each other very, very, very long time. I'm, uh, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to put it in like 20 years. Am I, am I close? At I mean, least. Yeah. So we've known each other a long time. We do, we've done a lot of things. Worked together, uh, played games together. We've uh, played we, we, uh, another podcast I do, the High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Um, Ryan's been a guest multiple times over there. Um, High Shelf Collective, which is a, a twitching streaming thing that we do. Ryan's been on there for some games and things online. So um, I don't know, about a year or so ago, you started kind of getting more into the retro computers. I got my C64 emulation box here behind me that um, I picked up and I was like, oh, this is fun. I hook it up. I play some Commodore things. Um, but then this year, you got to be in your bonnet. Um, to go to an event. And that really started us all downhill in this retro world. What event did you find? Tell everybody about it. Well, I found something a little close to my house um, called the Vintage Computing Federation East. Uh, the Vintage Computer Federation is a group of um, people that they're a nonprofit. Definitely oh, interested in computing. Yeah, they're definitely uh, interested in preserving uh, computers through education, outreach, and restoration. Uh, they have several events throughout the world. Oh, yeah. We found do. one close to my house. Well, close being relative, I guess. It only took us, what, four hours to get there from here. Well, I'm in Texas, and let me tell you, we can't go anywhere without it being four hours. That's just life, right? It's a big state, so when you said it was four hours away, I'm like, oh, that's great. Right up the street. Awesome. Then I'm glad you came out. You uh, flew flew into my neck of the woods, picked up at the airport. And road off trip. We went. Oh yeah, and it was a great road trip too. Um, it was my first time in a fully electric vehicle for a long ride, and so it was really neat. We we spent four hours. We had to stop a couple times, juice up the battery, and um, that kind of jazz. But dude, it was pretty cool. And, and of course, VCF was amazing. The people were great. I, we had no idea what we were getting into. Well, I mean, we parked immediately. We're, we're going in. They have all of our details, and uh, we, we're badged up, and we're, what, 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 do you, what do you call the wristband up? Yep. And we get in there, and everyone is pretty incredible. It was um, just a lot of really nice personalities. Yeah, this is, a, from what I can tell, a very small community. I've run across several of them at some other events. And uh, they're, they're great. The, the stuff that was set up there. Um, I think we started off with a, went to a Commodore 64 lab. They had like 20 Commodore 64s yeah. all set up. A uh, guy was going over some uh, 6502 assembly. 
yeah. for Commodore 64. That's how we started our weekend. And you that can go watch great. all those, right? Those are all online. Uh, quite a few of them are. Uh, okay. There's a, uh, a YouTube uh, out there. I think we're going to put the link in the show notes. Uh, but they they're pretty good at actually recording panels, recording different things that happen at their shows and getting them out to the world to go just watch them, which I think is phenomenal. I think it's a great community outreach thing. And let me tell you, that panel was um, packed. I mean, one of the things uh, Ryan and I did, we both brought um, our computers and I uh, we both emulated in the back row where there was just like some tables um, because one that let someone else have a computer to work at right like a like a real bread box bread bin red box what do they call the original 64 i think there's like a, a bread bin name or something i don't know um and so we emulated in the back but yeah people were like crts everywhere and commodores it was pretty nuts yeah it was an awesome way to start off our uh, our vintage computing um track i guess was for lack of a better term it was great, great energy, great start. Um, learned a little bit, and that's always good. Yeah. And met some other people, which is phenomenal. But I think we headed on over to the museum after that. They have oh, a my museum God. up there at their site. Yeah. Dude. Oh, what did you see, man? How many pictures did I take? I think I took a picture of, like, everything. I even sent something to my dad because they had a IBM uh, punch machine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, was this the punch machine you worked on? Because I remember as a little wee high child visiting him at work. And there he would he had like punch cards. He had like a punch card briefcase. So I thought that was really neat. They had everything from like that age. What would that be? 60s? Yeah, they had everything oh, from like the easy. 60s, 50s. Not oh, everything. Yeah, they had things from those time periods. Oh, and yeah. then as you move around their corner, right, you kind of come in, you see this old school stuff from military operations, from, uh, you know, computer room operations, and you go in like a little horseshoe. And they evolved the time, of course, to where as you get around to the other side of the museum, it is apples, or I should say, yeah, apples. I, I almost said I should say that. Yeah. No, no, they were apples. <laughs> and they were yeah. apples, and they were Commodores, and they were TIs, and they were Cocos, and all sorts of stuff. Um, and did they make it into 386, 46? I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't know. Uh, I kind of got uh, taken away by the uh, whole Commodore 64 setup that looked oh, like, yeah. uh, reminded me a lot of my uh, childhood, child, yeah, childhood uh, bedroom with the Commodore 64, yeah. the 80s posters, floppy disk. And, all, and once you get the 64 and newer from it, they were, this is a working museum. So yeah. you can go in and play with these things. And they had the Commodore 64 set up. Um, you could just play with it. It was phenomenal. And let's say if you're going to go next year, if you're going, hey, I could get to Wall, New Jersey. They also had a radio museum. So I, I, it was pretty busy when we went in yeah. because I think you kind of hit both things. When you talk to retro people and they go ham radio or radio or things along communications that's old, they, they kind of dig that too. Yeah, there was, a, there was a whole bunch of museums on that facility. We only made it to the VCF one and the radio museum one. I, know. I think there's a, a model train one. There's a yeah. military vehicle one. We saw some old armor sitting out, parked out behind one of the buildings. It was kind of a, a hodgepodge of stuff because this wall, New Jersey, is actually an old military base that got converted and then transferred over for, you know, 
the, the public to use. And then uh, InfoAge is the overarching museum that has is in charge of all of these other museums that are yeah. on that facility. So that's a really good time. Uh, highly recommend it. It's the first time that I think both of us were actually there. So it was just, you know, absorbing all the oh, too much and sucking oh. up. Yeah. Overload. Overload. I got so many photos, man. It was just overload on that. I can't believe we even missed some of the museums, but oh, yeah. we were busy the entire time too. We really, you know, there were other uh, panels to check out too. And, um, you know, along those lines. So that was really neat. We did sit in some of those. Um, the YouTube streamer. Oh man, that was the one for me. I fanboyed out. Um, we should, in the future, folks, we should do an episode on who we like to watch on YouTube and compare notes from yes. Adrian Black, Retro Rich. You know, there, there's a lot of folks, and and obviously uh, Ryan will spout off a couple that he likes, right? So I think we should. I think we should do a future episode of what do we watch and why um, along those lines, and you know, kind of help disseminate because. There's a lot of great creators, and those streamer panels were awesome. It was uh, really neat to hear some of the old stories, and then some of the new streamers and what their stories were. Um, did you what? What other panels did we make it into, or what are your, what are your thoughts there? We got the streaming panel. Uh, we did. Um, I know we went to Jerry Ellsworth panel on the uh, old oh, that was you know, great. D sixty four thing that yes. she was in charge of. That was amazing. She's, 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 she's kind of inspirational, bro. <laughs> you know what oh, I yeah. mean? When you hear her story, she started off with like, as a kid, I took everything apart. My dad would not want me to. And normally kind yes. of put it together, kind of not maybe was the idea. Um, and then somehow that started getting harnessed. Um, what an interesting background. I don't want to give anything away. I want everybody to go watch her story. And, yeah. and feel that too. I, would, I, I left that high-fiving. That was really fun. And by the way, all the panelists and the folks that presented, we, we talked to many of them as we were hanging out. I had this crazy uh, worm drive thing that's like 18 inches, like a instead of like a five and a quarter drive, Ryan found this thing at like a ham expo and I, I had everybody signing it. I was like, I'm going to collect signatures on this really odd thing. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and the people you're having signing were the, you know, the streamers and other people that we watch. And I would say probably about half of them were like, hey, do you know what's on this thing? And they're like, open oh, the, yes. the slider and like, I wonder what's oh, yeah. on this. Have you tried to get it off? And uh, it's um, really cool. Uh, we have not tried to get it off to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and that, that is something that when I go to maybe my local VCF, I might bring this with me to one of the meetings and see if anybody has a drive that could read yes. this. Do you see what I mean? I would love to know what's on that. The more that they've mentioned it, the more I didn't really think about it. I thought it was a great signature item to just oh, yeah. you know, have. You talk about getting their attention. You were exactly right. I remember like I asked Jerry to sign it, and we were there, and um, she took it. And then immediately started trying to open it and then got it open. And she was like the first one, I think that found the, the, the catch. And Wait. so got it open, looking at it. Oh, this looks good. I think you could read this. And I was like, sign it. <laughs> Just sign it. <laughs> and then it's like five minutes later. I went, well, yeah, a couple minutes later. But it was fun. That was, dude, you found the most unique thing that I could get signatures on. And I'm going to continue that. So as we do more retro things, I will continue to collect and add to the collection of signatures. Yeah, I think that was great. That, that was a, a great time there. 
Uh, then we started to just go wandering around a little bit, you know, yeah. after the museum. I know I, I might have actually played a little bit of Marble Madness on an Amiga 1000 that they had set up there. I couldn't a get a while. Off the machine. Yeah, it was great. Like, I love on, it. Dude. You can play this Which on your is, phone. Uh, well, not only that, I might have an Amiga 1000 downstairs so I could play it at home. That That's didn't, right. you know, hasn't happened yet. But anyway, we're looking around and we saw, you know, different people had panels set up. There was uh, someone there that actually had new stock of old, you know, of old games, these vintage games. I know exactly where you were going. Okay, now we're at the spot where we're walking around the show. Yeah. So that's what we just walked into is they had three or four rooms full of tables, um, mm -hmm. an interior circle, outside circle normally. And you would walk around looking at what people were exhibiting in their displays. Like this is just, this is like a car show for retro people. It yes. takes a lot more power, but everybody had their stuff hooked up. We saw that table. Dude, I couldn't believe it. I, I remember I was like, how, how do you have these? And he goes, well, I bought a company that had a bunch of this and it's all in a warehouse and I crate it up for every show and I just kind of, sounds like he's whittling through the old stock that yes. literally was new, beautiful boxes. Yeah, it's great. I may have picked up uh, two games and a joystick on uh, my way out on Sunday. Yeah. So that was great. Uh, so looking around there, I played a little bit of uh, going to another room. There's like people had an uh, Altair 8080 set up. Yep, and they have a serial linked over to an original Mac to get to the term server, and they had Colossal Cave running on the Altair 8080 or 8800, and it was great. You you could you know you're entering your command. The next thing you see is all the lights on front of the Altair lighting up, and five seconds later you see the output of the text coming back onto the little black and white Mac. So that was actually really really neat. Yeah. Uh, what else did I find? Oh, the uh, the Weather Channel. They had a weather, like these old Weather Channel. Oh, my gosh. In, in the TV Who saves stuff. that? Someone saved yeah. it. Who saves the Weather Channel guide information? Exactly. And the Channel Guide stuff. And what I found, you know, interesting as an Amiga guy, gravitated towards it and saw that. Because I remember growing up, our local cable company had Amigas. Because I remember being up at, like, because, you know, hey, guy and playing computers till 2 a.m. Yeah. They had a guru meditation. And if you have, know anything about Amigas, you know what those are. I'd see them on the TV screen. So the Amiga basically crashed at some point and nobody was around to reboot it. So that was actually really neat and a big indicator that, oh, yeah, there was really Amigas just running this thing out there. What's uh, what's some of the stuff you found, man? You know, I really enjoyed like the the PDP kind of area that that mm -hmm. age and getting to see that it was pretty amazing. I have an incredibly hard time trying to pick one because as you were in every room, it was like, oh look, here's my collection of apples. Here's my collection of Commodores. Here's my collection of unique Macs that were system made like you know uh, a clear mac was there there was like there was just so many incredible projects yeah. that people had saved and brought up um let alone the idea that if y'all go take a look you know usagi was there with the centurion and yeah, showing yeah. off that device um you know so it was really neat to see some of these things like that from youtube show up in real life and be able to uh you know look at it at the same time um it was Really neat. If I had to pick one, one, one thing, it was the machine. I don't remember, but they were playing Super Star Trek, 
and I could not remember the name of that game until we saw it. And it was like, oh my God, we used to play this all the time when I was a kid, like in high school on the Commodore. Um, yeah. And so when I saw that, I had such a flashback of nostalgia that that really was a moment that I was like, oh, that's awesome. I mean, we used to play it to where the scans would come out on the printer. And so it took two people, someone at the keyboard and someone at the printer. So we just, we, we made it interactive. We, we made it a LARP before LARPing was LARPing. Actually, they did have LARPing in the 80s, but you know what I mean. So yeah, that, that, that was kind of the thing. I, I can't tell you all the stuff I looked at. It was just too amazing, dude. And I am very upset because I did miss VCF Southwest, which was here in Dallas with me. Um, I, I got sick for the general meeting and then I threw my back out for the uh, actual event. So this year I'm one of three and it was the one that was completely the furthest away and took way as much time to get to, but I enjoyed the experience immensely. Oh, it was a, it was a great time out there. I had a, had a wonderful thing. And, and I know there was a whole bunch of people had like next station set up, oh, that's right. eyes, sun boxes. There's actually even a guy in the corner that he, I think it was, um, Amiga on the lake or so, uh, he's <clears throat> fixing Amigas. He brought his soldering station oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. parts and they're like bringing stuff in and they're just trying to diagnose and fix some Amigas. It was really cool. Really friendly guy. Um, and that was in that room. Oh, there was a uh, couple that had the whole bunch of MIDI stuff set up too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They play the MIDI song. Retro equipment to make a yeah. song. And they sent it away with you on a disc. Yeah, that was fantastic. So there was a lot of really neat things uh, coming there or, or being there. And so that was our first exposure. I was definitely an overload. Um, cool. So what are some of the neat takeaways from there for you? Dude, the consignment room was almost as much fun as the museum and the exhibits. I mean, walking around there looking at everything was kind of nuts. And let me tell you, if you want to come there and shop, better be thinking about the first day because <laughs> it cleared out a lot after the first day. Um, but I really enjoyed going through the consignment area um, by the way they did it. Ryan, keep me honest. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody put their equipment in for consignment. It just all got on shelves. They had price tags that were easily scannable by the folks doing the checkout. And I believe every price was slightly elevated as monies from the sale also went to support VCF and then money went back to the original person. Did I remember that right? Did, is that how it worked or did I just make that up in my head? That sounds about right. I mean, the pricing, uh, it seemed better than eBay pricing for sure, uh, which is phenomenal, but I think it was a little bit more than what you might be able to find in a private sale because you now have a target audience. Yeah. But yeah, they all had barcodes on it. It was great. Yeah. And elevated so, means instead of uh, 125, maybe you pay 130 or 135. I don't think they were like, yeah. you know, super elevated, but I think there was the beautiful idea that monies from this do go back to the VCF too. Yeah, which is great. Um, yeah, I know they had a little bar tag. I, I learned instead of trying to protect my thing, trying to buy it, you can just take, if it's a bigger machine, which we'll get to in a second, yeah. you can actually pull the sticker off. And if there's not a sticker on the device, they will not sell it. That's why I saw some things without stickers. I didn't know that. 
I learned that after, as I was trying to buy the thing and had someone protecting it. And yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a, Oh, you just pull the sticker off and no one can buy it because you have the sticker in your hand. You go check it out and pay for it. All right. Next year I'm just removing stickers. I'm just pulling (laughs) and just laughing like a, like a madman through the consignment area. Um, Yeah, no, that was really great. Um, I think, you know, the consignment area was really busy, right? It was always busy. There was a big line. Um, There was a young man that had to be the line captain and I felt for him so bad because, you know, we all just want to get in there. We're happy. We're excited. And they can only get so many people in before they hit like the fire marshal rule. You know what I mean? They had too many people in the consignment area. So it was kind of like a club that the line captain was like, two people leave, two people come in, two people leave, two people come in. And then the line started becoming part of the fire marshal problem. So you couldn't even get in the line for a while until you had to stay outside the building (laughs) and come in and try and get in the line and go back out the building. Um, But Ryan, we made our way into the line based on you catch more bees with honey than you do vinegar. Yeah, we ended up at the uh, end of the line when he's just getting ready to like cut it off. And we're like, ah, you know, so, uh, he was really nice. It was us being, he's just trying to do a job. We were being understanding. remember it. Yeah, yeah, we were being understanding. Okay. Dude, this sucks. Because some people were kind of like, ah, you know. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and and I, I don't think that's reflective of the entire event. It's just people, right? That is just a mm-hmm. people moment that, you know, you have a lot going on and someone tells you you got to leave. It's eh. So we were being a little empathetic. And then he just said, hey, yeah, why don't you guys come over here on the other side of the line? <laughs> yeah. We got there. It was great. Um, that worked out. That was on uh, – Sunday, for sure. When we were yeah. going back for the second pass on Sunday, because uh, the first pass was, uh, I think we got in line slightly later than we targeted. We were yeah. shooting for eight. We got there uh, between eight, eight, a little before eight thirty, I think. Yeah. Um, I had heard a rumor of a um, really nice uh, Amiga. As being an Amiga guy, was in there and found it. Yes. That. There was an Amiga 4000 tower. And it's beautiful. It's great. It's phenomenal. It's uh, The little doors on it. Little doors on it. It's got the little feet. Um, That's like in the Commodore monitor with the drop-down door. You're just like, ooh, how did this make it so many years? Exactly. uh, It's powered up, or it's not on right now, but it's sitting here by my desk. It's great. I, I love it. So in the middle of it, I was looking at it. It was, it was a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but it is something I always wanted. And I got to meet um, Chris Edwards, another, he's a YouTube um, guy. He's got a great channel. He does a lot of repairs of um, Amigas. And I've, I've learned a lot. It's helped me through my Amiga stuff going, he's already fixed a thing. So that's great. So I get to go watch his videos. I have his signature. Yeah, you do. (laughs) He's a really friendly guy. Uh, He actually (laughs) helped me get it after I bought it helped me get it from the consignment area into my car Aww. and it was great. Um, he, you could just tell it was like, Ooh, another one's going to a good home. He was just super happy about it. And uh, it, he was a great person, great shout out for, you know, really liked meeting him. So that was amazing. So what'd you get from the consignment? Eric? I broke down, you know, I started this story off listener 
with um, emulating, right? I got the C64 Max and I, you know, I like emulating. I like emulating a lot. But man, the bug got me. After seeing everything, the bug got me. And there was this beautiful inbox Commodore Plus yeah. 4. Power, the little connector, the, the itself, the manual looked very clean. Um, so I took a chance and I spent a way lot less money than Ryan. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I got a Commodore oh, yeah. Plus Four, and I have it. It is I've tested the power supply. It's actually holding the five volts properly. I am going to get a replacement PSU at some point, but the one I have is not in the danger zone. And I have looked interior-wise; everything looks beautiful. No super hot chips. Um, obviously, I turned it on, <laughs> and it does power up, and it works. Um, and I have done more things, but we can get into more Commodore Plus Four love. What have you done for the four uh, thousand T since you picked it up? Oh, my four thousand T came in great shape, but a couple things I pulled out of it was it still had the spinning disc. It worked. Uh, obviously, I've um, archived that data and went to another device called a Zulu SCSI. So it's a little SCSI board that takes a uh, SD card, pop it in there. Um, great, I'm getting about six and a half megabytes a second Ooh. on the transfer rate. Oh, dear listener, we had a technical difficulty, like all things in life. So we missed the end of Ryan's story, but he did some, he's been doing some good things with his Amiga. Um, we will be talking more about the Amiga and Commodores in further episodes. You did also miss a great goodbye from both of us, thanking you for listening this long. So uh, hopefully we'll see you in the future. Bye now. <laughs>